0: Welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Louis. And I'm Rachel.
1: And today we are going to be sharing a little behind the scenes of our personal experiences doing NaNoWriMo
0: love it. Uh, so thank you again, Lewis, for joining me, um, co-hosting Story Magic while Emily is out on maternity leave. This is so much fun and I'm really excited to talk about this. It is November. It is National Novel Writing Month. You and I have both done it and um, as we were talking A few weeks ago, we had vastly different experiences. Um, Vastly different
1: experiences,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and I think a lot of people do. Um, So we thought it would be fun to just discuss um, what it was like for us to do it, what we see in our clients as they do it, what we see in our communities as the writers around us do nano, um, and kind of share different perspectives. Talk about what are what what's the dialogue going on?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting when. When we get close to NaNoWriMo season, there seems to be two very different camps of like what that experience is like. Yeah. Um, There's the like, light your hair on fire, like get meal delivery every day, (laughs) you know, pre-sharpen your pencils because if you so much as move, you'll never get it done. People who are just like super stressed and and have a really rough time with NaNo, Mm -hmm. um, whether they like technically win which is kind of a you know win yeah. and hit 50k or or not it seems to be a very dramatic stressful experience yes um and then you always have the people who sort of swing into the conversation who are like i wrote a hundred thousand words for nano last year and it was super easy and i finished before thanksgiving and you're like <laughs> I, i'm happy for you but how <laughs> yeah. yeah um and i think that can make it hard for someone who is not even necessarily new to NanoRimo. Like maybe you've tried it in the past or maybe this is your first year, but for someone who's sort of looking ahead to NaNo or sort of slowly going through NaNo to try to reconcile their own experience with the very different voices talking about like what NaNoWriMo is quote unquote supposed to be.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those who are um, catching up or like new to the writing world, um, November is National Novel Writing Month, stands for na- NaNoWriMo, and the goal, the challenge, I should say, is to write 50,000 words during this one month, and that equates to about 1,667 words a day, um, which is a lot for a lot of people. It's a challenge. Um, I have had, you know, if we just jump in, um, doing nano was like one of the first few writing community events that I had ever heard of or been part of. And like I think as a whole, oh, I'm gonna get some, we're gonna get some hot takes in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The I think the challenge as a whole is um admirable. It's good. Like I really enjoy the organization that is behind a lot of the NanoRimo events. Like there's a whole nanoRimo.org website. Um, and I think generally it's meant to be a very encouraging um, community, like get involved in your writing life kind of event. So I think baseline, it's meant to be something that's very positive. Um, I don't know that I have ever seen a singular event that causes more difficulty and harm in a writer's life than NaNoWriMo. <laughs> and like I'm saying that as someone who has um, air quotes, one, which I also have a problem without words. So we're going to talk about that too winning this challenge um so please hear me when i say like i love this challenge but i also think it's it could be really harmful it can be um and i have experienced that and so have you um you have had a difficult relationship with
1: nano <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I uh, I, I was going to jump in and say, you know, you said like win in air quotes. Like, yeah, when I said like win NaNoWriMo earlier, I was like doing huge Yes, exactly. Because like win is a, it's a complicated term yeah. for that. Um, uh-huh. I will jump in and give NaNo a little bit of credit before I yeah. share my sort of experience with it. I think NaNo has one very specific purpose that I think it excels at more yeah. than anything else. And that is getting people who, have wanted to write a novel and they've been turning it over in their head for ages and they've just never managed to make the time. It just feels like too much to say, well, I can do anything for a month. Yeah. And to finally sort of make that leap, whether they hit 50K or not. I've talked to so many people where NaNo was what finally got them to take their writing seriously and actually sit down and be like, this is something I can do. There are other people doing this. like Kind of like you said, it has a really interesting community around it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a lot of writers' first exposure to that. Yeah. Um, and so full credit to, to NaNo. I also have a somewhat complicated opinion of NaNoWriMo. Um, I think for, for that purpose, NaNo makes so much sense. But in terms of sort of the long term of like building a, a sustainable writing practice, something that you can do throughout the year versus just one month out of the year um, so that you can make, that like steady, lasting progress that is often sort of the the difference between mm-hmm. authors who are able to sort of be in this game long term and authors who who sort of flame out. Um, Nano's not necessarily that. Nano, yes. Nano pushes you sort of to the extreme end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, and in that in that instance, Nano has a kind of complicated relationship. But yeah. Um, I have. <laughs> Well, I was just going to say, hey, I have "quote unquote" one um, I think three times now. None of those drafts will probably ever yes, see the light. Yes, exactly. Like they, you know, I, you know. Obviously, both of us are editors. We do this mm-hmm. for a living. We have a, a unique perspective on storytelling we also probably have slightly higher expectations of ourselves than a lot of people would. Like, as I was writing it, I was like, man, you know, this midpoint, like it's happening like a solid 20 pages too late. And i like, I just can't turn off that part of my inner editor brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's true regardless of whether I'm doing nano or not. Nano in particular, it was such a hard push to just get the words out that mm-hmm. it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, cause yeah, there's, there's truth to, your first draft is just you telling yourself the story. You just have to get it on the page um, for a lot of people so that then you can go in and, and polish and edit and see it a little bit more clearly. But there's also something to be said for if, you're, if your experience of writing your first draft is so stressful and so negative that it almost poisons it, even mm-hmm. if the story is fine and is is a perfectly good first draft, it can make it really hard for your brain to go back to it. And I think for me, at least of those three, three nano novels, um, you know, looking back, there's nothing like in, that immediately jumps about, out about the stories where I'm like, Oh, this is unsalvageable. Like any story can be, can work, you know? Yeah. But man, like, it's, it's like, l- like gentle PTSD. I'm like, I don't want to touch those <laughs> right now. I think like, that was a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I have, I think I've done it maybe four times and last year was my most recent time and I did not do it this year because I'm in revisions for my current project so it like didn't really line up line up with timing um, but those those three drafts so last year that I had done it was my fourth time going to use that project but I was like in a good space and we'll talk about that but the three previously I might use like their baseline ideas but none of those words will ever exist to the greater world ever <laughs> I like had this I I still love the idea Um, but all of a sudden I just was like hey what would happen if we added vampires in here and like all of a sudden <laughs> my <laughs> book had vampires in it and like, this has nothing to do with the idea, but it's nano and I'm just trying to write words. And like, mm. so there was part of me was like, let's just make shit up. And then the other part of me was like, this isn't good. <laughs> None of this makes sense. What am I doing? It was an interesting experience for that year. Um, but anyway, I want to hear like, what were your three times doing it like? Because you were telling me earlier, I think they they sounded very resonant with a lot of people who have done this challenge before.
1: So my first nano was about 10 years ago now, I think. Um, and it was the middle of exam season
0: mm-hmm. as I was in
1: college at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was also just like I really not I did it myself up for success. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I know this is such Whatever. an over like oversaid, but November is truly the worst possible month it, for. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh, it is there's like thirty there's what? and then there's Thanksgiving and there's holidays there's
1: Thanksgiving, there's holidays, it's exam season it's for exam. students. It's like crunch time for anyone working retail God. yes, oh gosh, it's a yeah. lot. <laughs> it's, it's a bad a time.
0: Let's throw it um,
1: yeah. Anyway. Camp That's Nano a makes a lot more sense in like yeah
0: over the school. summer uh-huh. um, or what is it July or is it April? I can't ever remember when Camp. I
1: feel like it's in April, but maybe it is in July.
0: No, it it probably is in April. Um, anyway, for there's a smaller version of Nano called Camp Nano that is held yeah. at a separate time of the year, um, and re- that I feel like has a
1: very different culture around it. Yeah. I feel like Camp Nano is much more like set your own goals, whatever is yes. realistic for you, and like it's all about just writing a little every day. And I'm I'm way more on board with Camp Nano. Uh, these yeah. days than Nano. But yeah, my my first Nano, um, I don't think I quite hit 50K. I think I was just shy. I got to like 43000 kish mm-hmm. and some change. And that, of all my Nano projects, that's the one that I most want to come back to. Because, and I think speaking to that, what I talked about earlier of, Nano has the potential to be a really important sort of kick in the pants for people who've been wanting to write a novel it's just it's never felt like the right time um because that that first year doing nano was like that magnum opus story that i think everyone has that they're like i'm just not ready to write yet i was like i've been mulling over it for probably another prior you know decade (laughs) and um and i was like this is the year i'm finally gonna sit down and write it and I truthfully was am just not ready to write it even today, ten years later. Like it's yeah. a, there, there. It's like it covers like a twenty year time span, and there's like four <laughs> point of view characters. It's just a lot. Yeah. Um. One day maybe, but <laughs> but I I you know I feel like I technically won that year. Like I, I yeah. Even though I didn't hit the full fifty k, I'm like I I got within spitting distance. I'm happy with that. But there was definitely that feeling of like. Thanksgiving evening, instead of like hanging out with the people I was around, I was like, I have to go write four thousand words because I'm behind. Yeah. um and it it was, I think, invigorating as my first time doing it, but it was also so deeply exhausting. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't write anything for probably the next four or five months. Um. And then my next two times doing NaNo were uh, even a little bit worse to the point where I didn't write for like six to eight months afterwards. Yeah. Um, which I think is a somewhat common experience. Um, mm-hmm. I have one student who I've been working with for a number of years now and she did nanoRIMO last year and... Her sort of daily life is already very hectic. Um, she's a very demanding job. You know, she, there's just a lot going on in her life. Um, but she was going to do nano and, you know, it was all going to work out. And she has not touched her story since. It's yeah. been a full year. Yeah. She, she wrote like 30,000 words, which is fantastic, but she's not happy with any of them. And it, it kind of like what I said, like it almost taints the story in a way. It's like the story itself can work. But you force yourself to push through it for that long and you it, you start to forget that it can work, just mm-hmm. maybe in a different setting. Um, and so this year she's she's skipping nanorimo. She's like, yeah. I'm I'm gonna take a break. And our goal for her is that by January, we're gonna start like just taking a little piece at a time and slowly get like revive the story yeah. from the carnage of last year's nanorimo. Yeah. <laughs> um So, yeah, I've had, to be honest, mostly negative experiences personally doing NaNo. And most of my students that I've worked with have really complicated feelings around NaNoWriMo um, because it's just a lot. It's a lot to get through, especially if you're a slower writer or if you struggle with any kind of perfectionism, which I think is an important point to make that I, I think your experience sort of proves is that NaNo can work. But there's a lot of there's a lot of work you have to do beforehand to make that work.
0: Yeah. Like I I think my initial experience doing this years and years ago was way different than the experience I had last year. And my initial experience that I had years and years ago, like I'm thinking, I think I was in college. So that was 10 years ago. And then I did it a few years after that. But it was my writing life was so sporadic that like I approached Nano as the fix of like, this will get me back into it. I had – I had. I would go through these these really short, intense bursts of like writing a bunch of words and then being like almost in creative burnout. And then NaNo would come along and I would be like, oh, this is going to fix me. This is going to get me back into the writing habit. This is going to get me like in a writing routine. I think a lot of people approach it as if doing NaNo will give them the routine because they're like 30 days of doing it. Like, well, it only takes 21 days to build a habit. And you're like, well, you're pushing yourself to the very extreme. Like, there's no way this is sustainable. But that's what my um that's what my initial thoughts were on it of like if I do this, I can keep, I can keep it up. But then at the end of the month, um, I think I have, I don't think I've ever lost. Like, mm-hmm. I think I've always hit the words. Like, last year I was at like 48.5 and i got sick and so i like withdrew my name like i stopped on purpose because i got sick but like 48.5 i mean i was there you know that's less yeah again
1: (laughs) you're in you're in spitting distance like like, you know again the idea of winning is a little complicated there
0: (laughs) yes um but like every other year that i had done it before i had definitely won and i had won early like i was the one who was trying to win before thanksgiving And I think all the times that I had done it, I had won five days early because I would write 2,000 words a day just in case I needed to take a day off. But then I wouldn't write for eight months, nine months, almost a whole year until the next Nano. And it was just like I had no inspiration. I used to think of myself as a writer who needed the inspiration. Like I would open up my computer and if I had no inspiration, I just wouldn't do it. It was very clear. It's clear to me now looking back on it. I just had a very unhealthy relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, with writing in general. I had like a very unhealthy relationship with my own self beliefs, with writing, with habits, all of those things. And so it was a challenge that got me super hyped. And I love doing it. I still love doing it. Um, but it left me in extreme burnout every single time and, like, with no other – like, my me- momentum was just totally gone. Then in my own personal journey, like, meanwhile, um, I started this business with Emily. I started to think about, like, well, it's not just about, you know, how many words you can write. Like, there's there are other factors here that play into your writing life. I had a baby and that – Fucks everything up like (laughs) in the best way. Like, what kind of writing routine can you have when you have a newborn? So, like all of those other factors were kind of a punch in my face of like, I have to think about my writing life differently. And so for two years, I didn't do it. Like, I kind of had no mental energy to do it. But meanwhile, I was working on my mindset. I was trying to figure out as a mother how does writing fit into my life in general let alone with like nano but so my baby was born in august so the year she was born in november i still was not sleeping more than 4 hours a night there was like it was impossible you know <laughs> so um my baby i and for all you parents out there um my baby never slept so like that was really difficult and i really had to figure out What does it look like to have a writing life with the child? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I got into all the mindset work. And we talked about this on an episode that will be out by the time this one is about consistency and sustainability. And like those became my focuses of how do I develop consistency and sustainability first. Then, Then I looked at November last year, 2022, and was like, should I do nano? And the best, I feel like the best way I could explain it is like, if you take someone who has not trained at all and you're like, run a marathon right now, you have 30 days to run a marathon or whatever, you know, like go run a marathon. They could, they might be able to do it. Like it would take them a long time, but like you could pull off 26.3, 26.2 miles, you know,
1: but they're definitely going to be hospitalized afterwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and like They don't have the training. Like you don't have the stamina. You don't have the mental, like the energy. You don't have the mentality. Like you have to train in order to do a marathon. And I feel like nano is a marathon. And if you don't train in order to do it, and I'm not talking like you have to physically train, but I'm equating like the mindset of you can't just take on this huge physical challenge and undertaking without preparing yourself for it. Nowadays, I think the same way about nano is if you don't, try to prepare yourself for NaNo, if you don't try to build the sustainability and consistency into your routine before you take on a challenge like NaNo, it will leave you burnt out. Like, it's just not going to work out great. You probably will be able to achieve it. Tooth, I'm so proud of everyone who does it, by the way. Like, I have no judgment if anybody takes it on. I want to talk so much in this episode about, like, if you quit, who gives a fuck? Like, quit. Like, I – like. If you have to stop doing it, you're fine. You're still a lovely human being, even if you stop doing it. So I but if you um try to do it without training your mind and your body that like that needs the physical stamina in order to succeed at this challenge and keep going, of course you're gonna burn out. Um so I think people miss that part and they jump into a challenge like this, um, without the stamina, without the mindset, without the you know, whatever. And I'm not talking about, like, you train yourself to become a fast writer. I'm just talking about, like, have you developed, you know, your beliefs? You know, what is your attitude towards hustle culture? You know, are you equating your self-value and this – and your self-worth to whether or not you can – Achieve this challenge. You know how looped are you? How looped in are you to a community that can support you no matter what? Are you going to feel ashamed? Are you going to feel guilty if you don't do it? Are you going to feel validated if you do do it? Like all of those types of questions, I think are the preparation that I did last year ahead of Nano, and then I did it, and it was so much fun. It was so much fun. I had. I mean, it was hard. Like I still had a life. I still had a job and a child and a husband and you know. <laughs> It's not like it's hard
1: doesn't mean it's necessarily hurting you. I think that's that's the balance to strike of like it it is supposed to be hard. Like it's Mm -hmm. a challenge, you know. There's supposed to be a certain level of difficulty to it, because that that can be exciting and invigorating, like you're pushing yourself and you can feel it, but it shouldn't it should be hard, but it should not hurt you. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I think to your point about like you went, you know you you wouldn't push someone out and be like, run a marathon and you'll be fine with yeah. no training. When you say training, it's kind of like what you said, like it's it's about your mindset and your beliefs. But I think a lot of people also discount just the pure like mental stamina it takes yes. to write that much. Yes. Because your, your brain is a muscle. It, it gets tired. Like, uh-huh. you know, it, even if you... Like, you think like, oh, well, you know, I'm sitting at a desk, I'm typing, like, I'm, I'm not doing anything, but you're thinking so hard, and there's so much that's happening in your brain, and if your brain's not used to that kind of intense creative output, that, one, is going to exhaust you, and two, it's going to make writing your novel seem Insanely difficult because yes. you you're like I have no ideas I have no inspiration clearly the and that's when you start getting sucked into some of the belief issues of like well yeah. clearly this story doesn't work or I'm not a good enough writer or I you know I can never do this and that's probably none of that's true yeah. <laughs> you know it's just your brain is exhausted you've pushed it to a point where it doesn't have the energy left and so of course you're not going to be you know brimming with ideas um, you know I think the the fill the well. You know, sort of adage that a lot of people say comes from a good place and makes a tremendous amount of sense. But I think it, I think people mistake that for just like, oh, well, I just need to read. You know, yeah. like I feel uh-huh. well, I just need to read a bunch and like get ideas from elsewhere and then I can write. Mm-hmm. But filling the well is also like a deeper you know, are you well-rested? Are you caring for your body? Are you getting outside? Are you not pushing yourself too hard? Yes. Um, are you caring for your brain as a muscle so that it can have the space it needs to come up with ideas? Um, and so, yeah, just like anything else, if you haven't trained that muscle and sort of developed that, that sort of mental energy over time, um, you know, combine that with any sort of like harmful self-beliefs or sort of bad patterns or a lack of support network. And nano can become, nano can become incredibly challenging. Just writing a novel can be incredibly challenging. Nano aside, um, nano just throws so much extra into that, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think there, I think you're so right. And, I am of the firm belief that most people that live in our Western society in the United States are operating on some level of burnout, just like that is now our baseline. 100% I think most people are like toe in the line of burnout or they're fully in it and they don't even realize like how mentally, physically, and creatively exhausted they are. And then they see a challenge like this and they're like, oh, I could, that'll, that'll get me out of this funk. And you're like, no, it, it will make your funk worse because you have taken somebody who already is at their limit and not giving themselves the appropriate amount of rest, self-care, you know, whatever that looks like for you, refilling the well. And then they try to take on a challenge like this, which at its heart, I, I really have to say like, I love doing nano. But at its heart is a very difficult thing to do. And by the end of it, you're just like skin and bones. You're like just so drained of, oh my gosh. And then you wonder, is it me? Like after you do Nano and you're like, I'll take a little bit of a break. But then you just can't get back into it. And then I think the question circles back around is like, oh, am I a writer if I just can't write? And you're like, no, you have just continued to push yourself further and further down a burnout hole. And so my, I love seeing the writers in our community do nano, but if you are in burnout or close to it or you're not resting or you have all these beliefs about you know, a productivity, you're firmly in hustle culture, which I have always have unlimited amount of things to say about, Um <laughs> If you are not resting and you are in burnout, I will never tell you you should do this challenge. Like, I'm like, don't do it. Don't. It's just going to be hard for su- such little payoff. Like, for yes, you might get words down. But at what cost? Because then you can't write for, like, four months. Like, I'd rather see people take the time It, it because it does take time to – Learn how to rest, especially when you're so embedded in hustle culture where rest feels shameful and lazy. If you can take the time to learn how to rest, you can take the time how to build sustainability into your process. And then you on your own are able to be consistent, whatever that looks like for you. Then you approach this challenge and it's just like ramping it up for a little bit. And then you can ramp it back down. And like it doesn't just upend and destroy Your entire creative health by doing something like this. Um, I do. I am also, I was going to say, I am a naturally fast writer. I write really fast. So I think for some people, um, if you write slow, you don't have to do this. If this doesn't sound like super fun and exciting, you don't have to. I have a client who also writes really, really fast and doing nano. She looks forward to doing nano every single year because, It works with her brain to just like pump the words out. It makes her feel really good. It makes her get really in depth to her story. It helps her brain stay on track. She doesn't like, you know, forget things the longer she works on it. For some writers, it just works. But I also think for some writers, it doesn't. And it not working for you doesn't mean that you're not meant to be a writer or you're not meant to. This is the whole problem with hustle culture that tells us you have to write as fast as possible all the time. And the more you produce, the more successful you'll be. You're like, well, uh, not exactly, because then you can take a look at a challenge like this, where the whole goal is to produce as fast as you possibly can. But like, I don't know the exact number, but my anecdotal, you know, response is going to be the majority of people leave this challenge and don't write for a really long time because they're tired. you're like, well, I don't know that you're really achieving the goal here. Um, Again, please, I just have to say, I really enjoy NaNo. But, like, I think you need to be in the right space to choose to take it on. And I don't know that most people are.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, again, like, respect for Nano. One, for the people who run it, but also, like, Nano as a challenge. Yeah. But... Again, it's like, you know, you can respect the organizers or organizing the marathon, but you can be very scared for the, like, 60-year-old office yes. worker who's about to run a marathon having never trained. You're I like, listen, I love you and I want you to be happy, but maybe we shouldn't do this. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe we should, you know, build our way up to it. Um, yeah, it's, um, I think that's a really good point. So for you, uh, not to put words in your mouth, but it sounds like you are at a place where you would consider doing nano again in the future? Like just because yeah. this year isn't your year, like you enjoyed it. You would want to do it in the future. I
0: was going to, I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book that I'm in revisions for, is just taken me a little, a couple extra, like an extra week to like do the revisions. I wanted to write book two in the series during nano. Just timing just didn't work out. So yeah, I was like, maybe I'll do nano in December. Then I'm like, oh, shoot, there's Christmas and there's New Year's. New Year's, <laughs> Sounds and there's, like yeah. That's a terrible idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you think November is a bad month? Wait for the exactly. December.
0: Travel. Uh. Uh, then my daughter's sick, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to get sick. It, anyway, yeah, but yes, to answer your question, I would love to do it again. I think it works for me as a now that I have all the other. Not that my writing life is perfect in any way, but like now that I have done all that other mindset work and like I do feel like in general, my writing life is very sustainable and consistent. Mm -hmm. Doing a challenge like this um, doesn't scare me. And it does feel like, hell yeah, I can do 50,000 words. I can do 50,000 words in like three weeks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, well, so my point to that is like, Nano really kind of to your point of like, nano doesn't work for everybody nano sounds like it really works for you yeah I probably will never do nano again yeah um both because I've had really negative experiences with it in the past and I just know myself of like yeah I'm not going to want to go back to it but also because I am a much slower writer like I'm a a much slower Mm -hmm. methodical writer like I can write really fast I wrote 100,000 words in two weeks at one point (laughs) that was a lot. (laughs) Did
0: not feel good after that.
1: (laughs) Did not feel good after it. And it's funny, so you actually made this joke, I think a couple weeks ago. Um I sort of got my start in the editing space because I wrote a series called the 10 day novelist. (laughs) And it's like all these the writing process and like how to break them down in, in 10 days. And for anyone like looking at this, like, oh, he, he was lying in those books. Like, no, I did all of, I tested all of the processes and did them in ten days. In fact, for the um, how to write your first draft in ten days, I did it twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to gonna sure.
0: bring it up, but I'm glad that you did.
1: <laughs> Listen, no, I I'm, I own up to it. Um, <laughs> and I and I at one point earlier this year, actually, I was considering unpublishing those books because I'm at a point yeah. in my writing sort of journey um where i don't necessarily agree not with the content of them like i think what they're teaching is good in terms of like craft and process and all those things but the mindset of them didn't feel right anymore to like oh you should be able to do this in 10 days it's like no, yeah. oh, not really like you should give yourself more space you should give yourself self the space you need um I've been told in no uncertain terms by a couple of my students not to do that because they're like, I like those books. Shut up. <laughs> go away. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, fine. I will, I will leave them be. Um, but I sort of, to your point, was like felt a tremendous amount of pressure early in my writing journey and even early in my time as an editor to like be productive and produce yeah. more and go faster. And if you can find a way to go faster, you should take it. Yeah. Because... How you know my thing is like I have twenty different novels I want to write, all in various stages of like planning or being written. How am I ever going to get that done if I can't write faster? Yeah. But I've all I've since then done some of that work within myself and learned and worked with a wider variety of writers who don't all think the way I do, mm-hmm. and started to realize that yeah, you know, I have twenty novels I want to write, and when am I going to get done? But pushing pushing myself to that level means that the novels I write aren't as good as they could be. And it also means I probably won't get them done anyways because yeah. I'm gonna burn myself out. And so I think there's that balance there of like, if you thrive on that challenge and if you have that good foundation to work from, and if you are a somewhat fast writer, if the circumstances of your life align, like, yeah, rock on. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, make it harder if you want. I've heard people yeah, like, I am going to do 80,000 words. Great, have a blast. You know there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but if you're sort of you know by the time this episode comes out we'll be i think a week or two no, into halfway. NaNoWriMo yeah yeah if you're getting like halfway into NaNo and thinking um I'd rather lay in the road <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't do that um but give yourself permission to stop entirely if you need to or even just to slow down like if the idea yeah. of quote-unquote giving up is just you can't reconcile that I understand but say okay well Set your own goals. You know, mm-hmm. hey, if I can write 300 words every day, that that is progress for me. That is yes. consistency. And if that works for you, all the thing I I tell my students constantly, like, I need to get it tattooed on my forehead so they can just read it whenever they see me. <laughs> all progress is good progress, yes. even if it's small. Yeah. If you're right, if you um something we talk about for first drafts, especially, which I think a lot of people do first drafts for nano. Um for first drafts especially, the idea that you want to touch your draft in some way every day mm-hmm. because that keeps your brain on it. So you can just kind of chew on it for a while and it can exist in your subconscious and your your brain can do some of that work so that when you sit down to write, you have that inspiration there. Like your brain has already kind of thought through what it wants to do, um, even if only subconsciously. But touching your draft every day does not mean writing 1,667 yes. words. Touching your draft might be like you're going to set a timer for five minutes and just brainstorm. Yeah. It could be I wrote 10 words today and that's all I got in the tank. So I'm I'm done. Yeah, You know, it, it could be you're having a great day and you wrote 2000 words and it's amazing. Like it could be so many different things. Um, that's that's what I would love to push people to think of nano as mm-hmm. is less of like I have to hit this word count and more of can I get in the habit of just just touching my writing every day. Yeah. And even that is a even that is a soft goal, you know, if like if you if it's Friday and you're like, "Listen, it's been a long week. I don't I don't I don't have it in me." Like you can take the day off, you know. But getting in that habit of like just doing a little bit and just seeing what you have in you and what you can do and what you're inspired to do. Um I think on the one hand, I think that's healthier. And on the other hand, I think people would be surprised the, and I know like progress is a complicated word, but like the real progress that they would make yeah. doing that, like 10 words adds up three, you mm-hmm. know, 300 words adds up. Like next thing, you know, you're two months in you've, you've almost finished a draft like yeah. versus pushing yourself so hard and then either falling short and hating yourself for it, which I've done once or twice
0: mm-hmm.
1: or hitting that target and just falling apart, you know, like I have to hibernate. For three
0: yeah. months. Absolutely, I, everything that you're saying right now, I just completely agree with. And it, part of it reminds me of um, Gallery Yardi is a creative who works on uh, who focuses on coaching people through burnout and out of burnout. Um, and we've had her on the podcast before. Um, our episode with her was, I want to find. 27 episode 27 burnout with Gabriardi. um so go back and listen to that if you're currently in burnout and then there's links to all of her work in that episode so 10 out of 10 recommend her um she also has an instagram page and at the beginning of nano she posted because you know like girl math is like such a big thing on the internet right now she posted um like a little joke about girl math and uh basically like what are you gonna say (laughs)
1: Oh, I was going to say, um, not to age myself, I promise I'm not that old, but when it comes to the internet, I'm like an 80-year-old man. Like, Get <laughs> off my lawn. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so please, for those that in the audience like me, who, who are not online as much as I guess they should be, what is what is girl math and why are people <laughs> stoked about it?
0: <laughs> um, okay. Um. Oh my gosh. This is such a fun topic that we could do a whole episode on karma. Um let me give you like an example okay so um it's basically like you brought okay you brought cash with you okay so you have like 50 dollars cash um you maybe you got like part of your paycheck in cash or you you got cash from somebody so you have 50 dollars in cash then you can go buy something with that cash and it's basically free because it wasn't in your bank. It's just, it's just cash that you had. So like you just pay for it and it was basically free and that's girl math. So that if you like go on vacation and you brought like $200 in cash on vacation, well, you, you've already taken that money out of your account. So anything that you like spend with that, with that cash is like basically free. So girl math is like this kind of silly joke of how girls like rationalize their spending. <laughs> and like,
1: what's really funny is i got um i a friend owed me for something that i had i'd covered him on and paid me in cash and it's totally like sitting on the mantle by our front door and i'm like listen like it never hit my account as far as i know that money's free money exactly that's (laughs) so true
0: that's real (laughs) math so there's all sorts of like little jokes about it and like little you know not specifically just about cash, but about like the way that, you know, people spend their money and then they like make up justifications for it. And you're like, oh, it's just girl math. <laughs> so it's super funny. Uh, but Gary did a joke about girl math um with nano and it basically is just regular math. But if you wrote like 300 words a day for like six months, you could finish a draft. But if you do nano and then you don't write for like eight months afterwards, like you're you're behind like you're behind on the amount of words that you could have had so she's basically saying like the simple math of it is if you stress and like push yourself to the brink for nano and then you burn yourself out and you don't do anything you're making far less progress than if you just had like 300 words a day for like three or four months and like it it was it was a very clear way of her laying it out that like you don't need to work yourself into burnout to feel like you're making progress. Like just do just make small sustainable steps every single day and you're going to see more progress than if you take on a huge challenge like this expecting it to be productive and then you end up burning yourself out and you can't be productive afterwards. Um so I guess Lewis you just need to go learn about girl math.
1: <laughs> Listen, I I clearly am, I am missing out. Cause yeah, no, totally. Like all, all I can think now is next time I see that friend, I'm just gonna be like, hashtag girl math. And then like, what? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Mind you, this friend is like a six foot four, like professional welder. He has no idea what girl math is. He's going to be so confused. I'm just like, hashtag girl math. Oh my gosh. Do you,
0: you know what dinner is? No. <laughs>
1: Oh, I've been missing out.
0: <laughs> Girl dinner. It's all over there. <laughs> okay, so just real Listen,
1: quick. I watch two YouTube channels and I am on like my local city Reddit. And that's the extent of my social media usage.
0: <laughs> I respect that. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you a hard time about that. I probably spent way Listen, too much time. You can time. shame
1: me. It's fine. I know. No,
0: no, I get that's it. probably a healthier attitude than me who's like, ooh, memes <laughs> all the time. <laughs>
1: Don't worry. I still doom scroll our slash politics on occasion. Yeah. I'm all like, right. oh, this makes me depressed.
0: Goes. It's the same thing. <laughs> so girl, We're not all perfect. <laughs> girl dinner is like throwing together like whatever you have. That's the least amount of effort that you can like eat. So, you know, if you have girl dinner, you could just do like a can of Diet Coke and like cheese and crackers and like that's girl dinner. <laughs> anyway.
1: Honestly, the can of Diet Coke is the only part of that that I'm concerned about. Right. Like, (laughs) cheese and crackers, that's a charcuterie board. That's
0: exactly, that's exactly, so you understand. Put it on a
1: fancy plate, cut some pickles, like, you have a charcuterie board.
0: Uh Yeah, that's it, that's girl dinner.
1: (laughs) Not to take us totally left turn, but it is funny when you think about, like, as children, we were like, ah, yes, our cheese and crackers and the adults are eating their charcuterie board. And now that we're adults, we're just like, Y'all were just eating cheese and crackers, you liars! I know,
0: and like <laughs> now when I'm an adult, I still just eat cheese and crackers because I'm like, I'm not gonna let anybody. I'm like, oh, for my neurodivergent brain, for like how busy my ba- my life is, <laughs> if I want to eat cheese and crackers, I'll eat some cheese and crackers. Like, dang it, <laughs> it <laughs> fills my stomach and I feel happy about it. I'll make a little lunchable.
1: <laughs> Listen, lunchables, the lunchables you buy in the store are. So much sodium, it makes me want to cry. Oh, However, know. Lunchables, the concept, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Crackers, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of lunch yes. meat. That, my friend, is lunch.
0: Yes. So I have... <laughs> okay, again, what, sorry, listeners, just one more tangent. We
1: really took this Whoa. one. left. Girl math really messed us up.
0: When we called this behind the scenes, we really meant like, just listen to me and Lewis talk for a little bit.
1: <laughs> this is how our brains work all <laughs> the time.
0: <laughs> so I have an inner ear disorder called Meniere's disease which um, messes with my balance and anything. Anyway, it means that I have to eat a low-sodium diet. So I can't I, – I don't always. Let me be, let me be clear. <laughs> I should. I don't. But like I can't eat Lunchables anymore. They make my head just a giant – it like gives me – it's called aural – like ear, not oral mouth, but like – Aural, as in like your ear, ear fullness. So it feels like half of my brain is just like swelling and like it makes my whole face feel like it's huge. It's because I get liquid. You have these little mucous membranes in your ears that control your balance. Okay, everybody learn about Veneer's disease.
1: We're a science podcast now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And they are, they're in your inner ear and they control your balance and um, they can pop. And if you, they hold fluid. And if you get too much fluid buildup, they can pop. And that's what happens to me. So I have to be careful about how much sodium I eat because sodium retains water. So if I eat too much sodium, it will retain fluid in my membranes, in my ears, and it will pop. And then I have like insane vertigo. It makes my whole face feel giant. Like it, it it's not like harm. Well, I guess eventually I might lose my hearing. But anyway. <laughs> you know,
1: eventually, <laughs> one day
0: one day maybe maybe not um so far is so good um <laughs> I, I don't know where i was going with this but anyway low s- sodium is not great for you so i could yeah. just eat as low so amount to, of like, sodium as you can you take the sodium weirdest you-
1: segue possible and wrap this back to nano like just tear <laughs> it back if you're going to do nano, eat a low-sodium diet because you're going to be sitting a lot. You know, exercise, low. care for your body, make a little charcuterie tray, exactly. but just, like,
0: go easy on the salt. Go easy <laughs> on the salt. Exactly. What's they're funny. When I was are in- very high in sodium. Did you know that? Yeah. So, anyway, they're <laughs> delicious. Okay. Just take care of your body all around yeah, love in any, in any riding life. you got to take care of your body. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So much fun. What were you going to say? I'm going to be
1: really sad if in the, uh, the caption for this episode, you don't just casually have like hashtag girl math. <laughs> <I'm
0: so> done. <laughs> I absolutely oh, will.
1: Okay. Well, I think moral of the story with that, with that all said. <laughs> yes. Is I guess, I guess if, if I'm thinking of a couple of my students in particular right now who are, who are doing nano um, and we're, not to sort of reveal that much behind the scenes, but we are recording this a little bit before when it's going to come out because, yeah, you know, that's scheduling. How, yeah, um, That's how it works. But so we're sort of early in Nano as we talk. And um, those students are, they're in that honeymoon phase at the beginning yes, where they're like, I can yeah. do this. It's hard, but I'm excited and I can do this. Mm-hmm. And listen, I am so thrilled for them. And I'm, and I'm going to give them all the love and support, like as long as they're feeling good. But thinking for them and thinking for anyone listening to this now that this is out and sort of like mid November, we're like barreling down on Thanksgiving, you know, we're just like, Oh yeah. All my well-laid plans are not going yeah. way I expected. Um, it's not just you. Yeah, It's not something wrong with you as a writer. It's not something wrong with your story as you know, don't, don't start thinking like, Oh, the story will never work. Every story can work. Um, And it's okay to say, I'm going to take the progress I've made and I'm going to call that good. Yes. Again, all progress is good progress, even if it's small. Mm -hmm. You know, say you wrote 10, say you wrote 20,000 words in the last two weeks and you're just like, this is amazing. And oh my God, but I'm so exhausted. And the thought of sitting down at this page makes me want to cry. Mm -hmm. give yourself permission to step back. And for you, that might look like, I'm going to call it good. I'm going to be done with NaNo. I'm going to take a break and recover. And I'm going to try to get into a slightly healthier, more consistent routine in the future. Or that can look like, you know, if you don't want to give up on NaNo entirely, that can look like saying, like scaling back a little bit. What would feel realistic for you? What would not push you to the point of exhaustion, but would still be that little bit of progress every day? Um, Because to your point and to what you mentioned um, that sort of brought up our tangent of like, if you can maintain that little bit of progress consistently, that will add up to not only a finished novel, um, but a novel that you're a lot happier with and into something that you can carry forward into revisions, into your next novel, into other projects, into whatever you have going on. Um, And so if, if this year's nano is when you're going to start that, give yourself permission not to try to push yourself to hit that that full, you know, 1600 plus every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is why I don't love the word winning for like mm-hmm. completing the challenge is because on the other side of that is losing. And like, I agree with you that all progress is good progress. And I don't want anybody who who begins this challenge to feel like they have lost if they don't hit. Whatever their goal was, I feel like that's not a healthy way to look at um, any type of writing challenge or or any type of writing day. You know, a singular day. Like, I have lost if I have not met this goal of productivity. It's like, well, that's hustle culture. And that's why I don't like calling it winning and losing. It's more just like, hey, you're doing this. Like you're making progress every single day. That's amazing. Like you should celebrate that. You should take the day off when you need to take the day off. When you're feeling better the next day, you know, go at it. See how much you can get down and like celebrate every single word that you write on any day, not just during the month of November. But remember too that – your worth is not tied to your ability to complete this challenge. Your worth is not tied to how many words you can write in any given day. Like you're already a loved and valued human being. You don't have anything to prove. Like doing nano will not give you the validation that you're seeking. Like you have to find that within yourself baseline. And then once you can validate yourself, these challenges don't feel like such a monumental failure if you aren't able to complete them or if you decide to change your mind or if like there's so much pressure that we carry around this idea that doesn't really exist of failure that gets wrapped up in the completion of this challenge and if we can like separate out some of those core beliefs about failure and success and timeline and productivity and how much you you know what your definition of success is, this challenge becomes a lot easier. It becomes a lot less daunting and it feels like it's way less. The stakes aren't as high. You know, like it can feel like the stakes are so high for doing something like this. When you see all your friends do it and if you can't do it, you're the odd person out and like, then what? You've failed and everybody knows and like you can't post that little picture that they give you at the end of the month if you win and like, oh no. I can't be a winner. I'm a loser. You're like, no, you're not a loser. Make, make
1: your own little picture. Like, make
0: your
1: own you know, yeah. 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 I, I, it's funny um, when you were describing uh, hashtag girl math. Um, <laughs> the, like, I, I, and I think that's something I think, you know, to be serious about it, I think that needs to be said because I think a lot of what you're describing in terms of like, you know, rejecting hustle culture and like listening to your body and like knowing when you're burnt out. I, I can hear you say that and understand what you're saying and like lean into it and be like, yes, this is, this makes sense. This is right. Because you and I have talked about this yes. and you fussed at me enough times and I've started <laughs> to do, I've started to do some of that mindset work, but I think back to myself even 12 months ago and I would be so closed off to that because I'd just be like, it's just excuses, which now I'm like, "Like, that's very silly. Like, you know, past me, come on. But I think the argument of like, consistent progress is better than like, big sprints and then doing nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what so many people experience. And so even if you're, even if, you know, if they've made it to this far in the episode, but if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not sure about the hustle culture stuff, like, that's okay. You don't have to like, totally be like, yes, this all makes sense. Um, But listen to the, Listen to the progress of it. Listen yeah. to the math of it. Like, yeah. if you're feeling yourself get to a point where the thought of writing makes you miserable, then that's not help. That's not making you progress. Even if you're writing words, there's gonna come a point where you can't keep doing that anymore. And for those who are listening to this, who are like totally understand what you're saying in terms of you know hustle culture and burnout, then then great. Like you're you're grasping some of this. But even for those people who are like. This this still feels very foreign to me. That's okay. You know, okay. think of think of the math of it. Um, because the math don't lie. <laughs> don't
0: lie. Girl math, math don't lie. never lies. Never
1: lies. <laughs> Listen, that $70 sitting on my mantle, free money.
0: <laughs> free money. You can do whatever you want with it. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. It's free. Yes. I love it. Um, okay, I'm gonna plug our little thing we're doing together and then we'll start to wrap up. So Lewis and I, and another wonderful creative named Tiffany Grimes from Virgin Design and Editorial, are hosting a workshop about creative consistency and bringing a lot of these beliefs into your writing life. Um, determining, like, how do you rest? What does that look like when you're experiencing writer's block? What is it really? Getting to the root of it. You know, if you're, if you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't quite know what you're saying about hustle culture, but maybe I'm interested in learning more. Um, We are hosting a workshop about all of this. When this episode comes out on November 16th, um, our workshop will be on November 18th, so two days later. So I want you to swipe up to the show notes, and I will put the link for the workshop in there um, so you can join us. We're going to do three really amazing sessions To dive into how do you build this consistency into your writing life? How do you feel really good about your writing routine? How do you develop some of these these beliefs and these habits that are going to set you up for long-term success that feels really good to you um, versus like working yourself out into a, a burnout hole? Um, so the link for that will be in the show notes. Go check it out. Um, We're so proud of this workshop, and we can't wait to share it with you, so it's going to be hosted on November 18th, 2023. Um, Grab your ticket now, and we'll see you there. Awesome. Anything else? Are we good?
1: i think we're good um i just have way more girl math jokes to make but not now is not the time, <laughs> not the time.
0: we need to do like bonus episodes that are like yeah just do
1: like a bot like a <laughs> yeah like an extra 15 minutes of us just like you introducing me to internet memes that i don't know about honestly that would be a great april fool's Day episode because listen be awesome. i really do watch like Two YouTube channels and scroll up my local city oh my subreddit. I've got nothing.
0: I have to, I, there's a whole wide world of social media means for me to I'm just gonna start like emailing you links. It's like here, go watch this TikTok.
1: <laughs> I yeah, TikTok, man. I it really does like I sound so much older than I am. Like some days I'm like, I'm still a child, but like the thought of TikTok, I'm so confused. I <laughs> just I don't understand.
0: I just uh, do reels. I'm not even yeah. really on TikTok. <laughs>
1: The game. only TikToks I've seen is a guy homesteading in West Virginia with his dog named Minion. The dog is really cute. Wow. And the dog wears a little vest and he, he goes and fetches the eggs in the morning.
0: Like oh dogs can eat them.
1: He just goes and picks them up and sets them Fantastic. in a basket and then carries them home. And I'm like, if this is what TikTok is, I'm game. But I don't you think know, that's what most of TikTok is. Not
0: most of it. I will say not most <laughs> of it. But they do have algorithms and you can get into an algorithm. And if you're in a good one, It's great. But if you get in a a not good one. In a bad one. (laughs) It's not a good time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. So um, thank you so much, Lewis, for joining us, for co-hosting with me today. I really appreciate all the time you've spent hanging out with me. Thank you. Um, Don't forget to go check out Lewis's website, thenovelsmithy.com. And he is an awesome person. So go work with him. Um, And we are all set. So. If you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you have got to get on our email list. Sign up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye.